You're listening to a special edition of Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Trial by Comedy. Special guest, author, comedian, performer, podcaster, Andrew Heaton. Hey, Brian. Hi, Jack. You know, I'm really excited today, Brian, because let's get this out of the way uh, right up front. Today is a very special episode of Questionable Material. You are stepping down. I understand, Jack, and I think it's time. No, 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 no. I was I was going to stay on the show. I was going to stay a part of the show, Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. I understand. That's fine. And you're welcome to stay, Jack. I'm glad to have you. (laughs) Okay. I mean, it's not your place to say that, but um, here, here's the thing that makes today special is today, you know, normally we do our, our question, episode of questionable material it comes out every Thursday. That's correct. And that is still going to be the case this week. We will have a normal episode of questionable material this Thursday, the, the same one that everybody loves so much that has America buzzing uh, every Thursday night and Friday morning at the water. And that's the one you're stepping down from. No, I'm going to be doing all the shows you're in all for, until I get like a better job. Understood. Understood. Okay. Okay, cool. So, um, so, so what we're doing today is we, we're going to sort of focus, we're going to have a guest on for the entire episode, a real guest, one of the funniest people we know, like a, a really, really sort of, um, uh, cool guy, like one of our greatest allies. Can you think who that might be? Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, man, you're, you're <laughs> you are so close. Uh, well, okay. Does it start Dana Carvey? No, no, no. The Andrew part is the part that you got right. Andrew. Oh, Andrew, um, Dice Clay. No, no, I don't know if you should listen back to the tape. You had already guessed that one before. Okay. I will go back uh, when I'm editing this for Thursday on my own. <laughs> no, 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 we're going to release this before Thursday. Boy, you're so bad at this. Why am I the one who has to step down? No, I'm talking, of course, about Andrew Keaton. Oh my God. Of, uh, the, isn't he great? No, but he's not Andrew Dice Clay. No, he's not. Not and, at all. And here I, I am talking about Andrew that. Dice Clay and it's Andrew Heaton. Yeah, absolutely. So Andrew Keaton is here today. Uh, he is uh, the host of the incredible podcast, Alienating the Audience. Yes. But he's probably best known for the political orphanage. Yes. And did you know that Andrew Heaton has a book out, out today? How exciting is this? Called Los Angeles is Hideous, Poems About an Ugly City. Well, I agree. You agree with what? That well, I agree on the book out today? He does definitely have a book out. And I have lived in Los Angeles for a brief amount of time, twice. And okay. it's not my favorite place for multiple okay. reasons. Uh, he, does, he Don't put words in his mouth. It may, it may be his favorite place, but he's just saying it's a, it's a hideous, ugly city. That's right. Well, you get jaywalking tickets running to an ambulance. Is that, did, did that happen? That did happen to me. And I'm still angry about it. You, wait, wait a minute. You're holding on to a grudge? I'm holding on to a grudge, Jack. Huh. That's so out of character. Daily Avenue. <laughs> and I ran across it to get somebody. I, I saw ambulance guys and I, somebody was injured in a motorcycle and I ran across and the cops stopped me and gave me a ticket. No way. Yes. That's amazing. That's why Los Angeles is hideous, as Andrew has said in his book. Well, that's definitely pr- probably not what he, it's, that's, I haven't read it. I'll be honest with you, but I mean, he's the best. So the book has got to be great. Yes. It's probably not what he says in his book. We should actually include him now into the show. Let's bring him and, on uh, and see. Okay. Let's bring him on. Andrew, are, Andrew, I don't know. Can, is the satellite up? Hold on. Oh, yeah, the I, satellite's up. Can Jack, you hear us? Uh, oh my Hello, gosh. Can you guys hear me? Oh, oh so, so he's really here. Cause I thought I was going to have to pretend to leave. Hello, no, no, no. Jack. <laughs> nope. It's me. Oh. I'm uh, or, or. You are very, very good at voices. What are those two things? Like you've, you've been increasing your abilities. Uh, it is a pleasure to be back and I am honored to be here for Jack's last show. Thank you so much for Thank having you. me Thank on. Thank you for coming. You could, I'm so glad you could be here for this. It's so important yeah, to me yeah. and it's so important to Jack it, it, for you to see him. It's like when Johnny Carson got shot. <laughs> That's right. Oh my God. Are, are you my Bette Midler? Yes, I, I, as frequently as I, yes, I am Bette Midler. I am Jack's Bette Midler. That's on my dating profile. Jack, uh, the Bette Midler to Jack Helmuth. So you're the, uh, it gets a lot of questions. Yeah. You're the wind beneath his wings. Mm -hmm. That's what I was Mm going to say. Yeah, man. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, I I love you, Heaton. It's not who I would have chosen, but, um, you know, I was thinking more like a Mila Kunis or, um, I mean, I guess just her. Is she here today? Uh, I, can, I, I think I could also arguably be the Mila Kunis to Jack Helmuth. I think that that also might be, I don't know. I don't know how, how big your range of, of potential guests is. It's, well, it's I, smaller I than a Kunis. It's, it's my last day. Or what a Kunis. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so, so here's what we're going to do. Before we get, I, we're going to talk about Los Angeles in your book, Heaton. But, you know, let, let, let's get right into it. Yeah. Questionable material. We just like to, um, 
We like to tell jokes. We like to have fun. We like to improvise. So I've arranged a series of little games for you guys to play. I'm, I'm going to sort of be the judge of this and I'm going to give you guys some challenges uh, and you guys have no idea what's coming. You don't even know the news stories that are attached to these, these things. I'm going to give you some little challenges. You guys are going to improvise and I'm going to sort of just give you points on who I think is best. And then at the end of the day, we'll, we'll have a winner and, um, with you know no prize so there are no stakes that that's how we like to do things okay is it There's objective not a prize correct what was your question brian are, are you being objective like you're not going to judge me being, harshly just because i've been pining for you to to maybe make this your last show i don't want that reflected no, no, no. in my scoring i, I mean it's, yeah it's like like jack i love you but i have serious questions about your integrity on a good day when when we add in a game of some sort i don't know i like i would feel more comfortable if we had like some russian judges or something uh nah. you know, maybe some sort of panel yes I, well f first of all i would look at me as a russian judge and okay. i if i were you as a competitor i would do all that was necessary to uh win the approval of the russian judge then i also I need to go off. And there go. are a lot of rumors that Brian is on performance enhancing drugs. So are we going to screen him? I mean, I, he, I have I, a bunch of jars of his urine here. I got some. Yeah, I, I noticed I've, that. I've wanted a reason to. I've been to keeping it on that. ice for you just in case. I don't know if it, you know, cause I don't want the quality of the drugs to decay. Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate Before that. See, that's it. why, that's why I've partnered with Brian for all these years until today. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, so let's get started. Let's get started. I'm going to be, you know what, if I'm not in part, if I'm not fair, then you guys just got to do better. So, okay. so get okay. over it. Do the work. Here, here's what, here's what we got. Here's our first story. Um, there's a, 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 a this, this story about a fancy train. So it's this French designer, uh, Thierry Gauguin, uh, and he's the man who designed Steve Jobs' 262-foot yacht, the Venus. And he has announced that he has plans to create a private luxury train made to measure for one lucky and very wealthy owner. It's being described as a luxurious palace on rails. It will measure a quarter of a mile long, consist of 14 cars, and have glass so technologically advanced that it can switch from opaque to complete transparency. And the cost, a mere $350 million luxury train for a rich individual. So what I would like you to do, um, you know, first one uh, who wants to go, go, please come up with some features of, the, of what they call the G train that will make it appeal to rich people. Please well, the, some, the features, the poor people uh, are in the back eating bugs <laughs> and the, and the wealthy people are up in the front with their pools and stuff and their fancy food. And then there's kind oh, of like so, a middle so, ground. Okay, so in, in your world, the, the, the only way to really enjoy your wealth is to know that there are rich people on the train itself who aren't getting theirs. Yeah, you want to know that there are people in the back of the train who just aren't having it as good. And, and that, you know, that, but you get to, you're seeing the same sights, except what you're doing is you're throwing out your wrappers and things uh, out of the train window. So they blow by the people in the back and you just, they know that they're eating like a cocktail of bugs for protein. And meanwhile, because they can't leave the train or they'll freeze. And, and, and they're seeing all your, all your detritus or whatever they call it flying out the window. Ooh. Okay. Uh, that's, that's uh, first, I mean, that's the, definitely a point for Brian right there. That's a fantastic idea. Heaton, what, what do you got? Uh, well, while I enjoy the, the snow piercer illusion tremendously, I think <laughs> that the, the proper role of poor people on trains is upfront as coal orphans funneling <laughs> fuel into the furnace. <laughs> so that's what I want. And not only that, I would want a little um, a little screen, like one of those security cameras that you could see from one of your 14 train cars where you could see the coal orphans shoveling coal into it. I'd also want, I'm thinking like, I want like a harpoon gun, but it's really just a champagne cannon. So as you're whizzing through like leaky elbow Texas, you can just knock over stop signs with, with champagne <laughs> and then shout, I'm rich. I have a question that's, about- that's, I think my, yeah, yeah. I have a question about the train itself. Like how, unless you're Kim Jong-un and you have your own train line, where do you put a, a private train? Because you can't just pop on Amtrak's Northeastern Corridor and, you know, take it for a spin. I think if you're rich enough, you just like, if you want to get off between New York and Boston, you just stop it on the tracks and you get off. Okay, Wait, okay. That, See, this is, this is what I want then. I want the train to actually be a giant truck, like a half mile truck. That way- I can go anywhere I want and I can ruin traffic while I'm going through there. So just cruise through Denver, ruin the city of Denver for a day, 
knock over stop signs with my champagne cannon and <laughs> and then like throw Ferrero share chocolates at the at the orphans to to get them energetic enough to continue shoveling coal. It's definitely a coal powered train, though. I know how rich people work. <laughs> and you need a sign in the bag that says this vehicle makes incredibly wide right turns. <laughs> Yeah, I would take out two city blocks just making a making a right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This seems very I, impractical. I'd also, I'd also want like, I guess this is more aesthetic, but I'd, I'd want there to be like uh, LED running lights along the bottom. So it kind of looks like it's from Tron. I just think that'd look cool. Okay. All right. I, I like that. The, the, the champagne cannon and, and, and obviously coal orphans. That's two points for Heaton. Uh, uh, Brian, what, what other what other features you got that's really going to appeal to rich people? On a, well, uh, obviously, uh, if it could be subsidized uh, by the government, kind of like a, a spaceport for Richard Branson. Right. I don't see why. Mm -hmm. you know, that's, it makes it very appealing to the wealthy if someone else pays for it, obviously. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, um, you know, if you can write off your incredibly expensive train, mm -hmm. kind of like when you own a plane and you, you write off the fuel and all this other stuff and, and the depreciation of this ridiculous asset. Sure. Of course. Um, then you just kind of, um, they'd have to create a new category. Cause I'm assuming that the IRS doesn't even have a train private train category. Uh, but probably not in Obama's America. That's right. That's it's his Thank fault. Uh, it's his fault. Heaton, what, um, where do you find uh, train orphans, uh, coal orphans, excuse me. Oh, you know, they just kind of uh, collect. They're like barnacles. Uh, you, you just, you, you go out with a broom, and, and a, an orphan sack, what we used to call a gunny sack, but you're not supposed to say that anymore. And so you just knock them in and then take them to the front of the train. And you're like, here's your Ferrero share. And here is the coal. And uh, yeah, no, I, I'm thinking I need that. Uh, I'd want the other thing I'm wanting, Jack, is I want if I'm super rich, I'm also assuming I'm like, I have to be very bored <laughs> at the point that I'm buying a half million dollar train on a track that can't go anywhere except from point A to point B along very prescriptive lines. Like, right. You'd be pretty bored to be at that point because you can have like a private jet at that point. You can have a jet with a hot tub and multiple escorts in it at that point. So what I think I'm also going to do is I'm going to have like every car has a Butler. All 14 cars have a Butler. One of them will be murdered. And then we have a murder mystery party where we debate who killed the Butler. Did the orphans do it? Did one of the Butlers do it or did I do it? Probably me. I probably hunted a butler for sport because I'm a bored rich person, but I don't know. And also you can't accuse me because then I might kill you. And, and you're on international rail. So any crimes committed can't be uh, prosecuted. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. That's, that's why a lot of people with a, you know, when they marry like pillows and things, uh, Japan and, and things like that is, is they're on a train when it happens, which is how it's legal. Yeah. Wow. See, again, I never, you know, it's usually with Brian, but, you know, I never stop learning with, with smart guys like you. It's, it's really good, guys. Now, for, for that amount of money, you can even tailor tr your train to one specific celebrity. Can you guys please pick a celebrity and craft sort of the perfect train for that person? Obviously, with $350 million, sky's the limit. Go nuts. Just pick a celebrity and, and tailor the train for, for him or her. I think, obviously, it has to be the Trump train. Okay. Lovely. Just because that that's already been that coined that phrase. And so you just put it on mm. the side. Now people are, they're already familiar with it. Obviously the train would need a, a ton of brass and pink marble, mm. incredibly ornate ceilings, like to the point of like, what are you doing? Stop doing ornate things with the ceiling. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course uh, a diner car that specializes in well done steak. <laughs> and, uh, and of course no mm. wine. No alcoholic right. beverages. Fuel efficiency comparable to the Chrysler building in terms of the amount of energy expended in order to move it forward at any decent rate. Yeah, yes. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, that, that is a great idea. That's that's definitely, um, yeah, you definitely get a point for that. Heaton, uh, give me a celebrity and, and how the, this train is going to be tailored to them. Okay, I'm debating between Elton John and William Shatner. Mm. Well, uh, I mean, the two go hand in hand, so go ahead. Literally. Agree. I would, that would be a great train trip. Hanging out with William Shatner and Elton John while I hunt butlers for sport. That would be the greatest day of my life. <laughs> I, I hope that happens so much. <laughs> Elton John, I feel like Elton John has fabulous taste. It's very grand. He's not quite Liberace level. I feel like a Liberace train would be a bit over the top. I feel like an Elton John train, on the other hand, if you saw that going through your town, you you'd you'd be you'd just be impressed with with the the sheer ostentatiousness of it. The Shatner train, I'm trying to think of like how that would work. 
I don't know. I just, I, I, I think I'd have him like, I guess they'd be themed. There'd be various themed things. And I don't know that this is Shatner specific, but I think I'd have a way that you could attach like a thousand harmonicas to the front of it. So that when it rolled through your, when it rolled, oh, this is actually a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harmonicas all over the front car, mm-hmm. but they're all different tunes and they're all different notes so that it plays symphonies as it goes through of harmonicas. Like just constantly playing Pockbell's Canon D in harmonicas. And all these deer having seizures on the side <laughs> as you pass by. Mm-hmm. But they do I mean, clear, look, they clear the track. Seizures out of your train. That's yeah. pretty good. They clear the track. They Boy, get out of the way. That's, you know, two, two points for each of you uh, on, on just on Heaton's answer. Because, Brian, you really came through with the, the deer uh, seizures. Thanks. Now, last question on the train thing that we're moving on. Now, Amtrak has announced a new train that's running all the way from Boston to San Francisco. It's just an Amtrak train. Can you give us some of the new features of that train that sort of like show how fancy Amtrak is? Uh, well, they will make funeral arrangements for your family because it's going to take you 14 years to get to the other <laughs> side. So if you have any elderly parents, you'll never see them again. And they'll yeah. help you sort okay. that out before you leave. That's really smart. Thank you. That's a really good feature. Yeah. yeah that, no, that, that just makes sense. Um, uh, he, you know, Heaton, San Francisco to, uh, to Boston and back again. What are some features on that fancy new Amtrak train? Uh, I actually think that it should go the other direction. I think it should be very austere. I uh, give great credit to anybody that t- I love trains, by the way. I'm a huge train guy. It's my favorite for I think I would like Zeppelins. I think if they still yeah. existed, that would be my favorite. kind. Yeah. But but since since I'm not allowed on a Zeppelin anymore, I would go with trains as my favorite form of transport. So I really like them. So for people going from the Acela corridor all the way to San Francisco, I know how this works. It's going to like like Brian's right. It's going to take a really long time. Like like I would say probably a minimum of five days minimum. Oh, minimum from, at from, least from. Yeah. And that, that's assuming that they like green light everything. So I don't think they should put in reclining seats and I don't think they should put in uh, sleep berths. I think that if you can make that entire trip standing, just sitting upright, bolt rigid in your seat by the time you get out, you will be a grizzled John Wayne-esque train rider and you will be ready for life. And that is what I will do with my children. I'll just sling them onto that train and be like, I'll see you on the other side when you become a man or woman or whatever. And then you hop in a jet blue and meet them when they arrive. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay, I'll pay $62 to get on Spirit Air. I'll have to stop in Detroit, whatever. And then I'll get off in San Francisco. I'll save a bunch of time. Yeah, it'll be fine. Man, okay, well, that, that ends this round. Uh, Heaton gets two points for that, but loses a point for saying Brian's right. That's not the competitive spirit oh, I'm looking for. Okay. So uh, yes. uh, the, the first round, uh, we'll call it 10 to 8, Brian in the lead. Wow, good stuff. Come on, Heaton. Come okay. on, man. I want to I sell this book for you. Okay, all right, excellent. Yeah, okay. Okay, here we go. Now, Brian and I touched on this on our a recent episode uh, of our show. We, we touched on this story, but we got, we got to talk about it a little bit more. Now, Victoria's Secret, I know you guys know a lot about that, is doing away with their angels, with the Victoria's Secret angels. Mm. They're, um, they're trying to have like uh, uh, athletes of it, like Megan Rapinoe um, uh, and uh, some plus-size uh, ladies become um, the face of Victoria's Secret. Um, sort of they're it's, getting rid of like uh, all those uh, uh, attractive people who sell lots of things mm-hmm. and replacing them with with other people. So now, uh, you know, it sort of blows my mind. And so I, I would like you guys to pitch me your idea for the new Victoria's Secret mascot and what a Victoria's Secret runway show looks like. Mm. Uh, I'll jump in on this. I've been thinking about this. Like, now, I, I don't know who Megan Rapinoe is, so this isn't a slight to her. But I think that a great new New phenomenon for Victoria's Secret would be instead of angels, Victoria's Secret gremlins. And the key bit to this is nimble, tiny and surprising. So there's not a runway. What there is, is they just hide these women all over New York and Paris and they jump out from behind dumpsters and shout Victoria's Secret at you and then run away. Maybe they're hot. Maybe they're gruesome. Ideally, they would kind of look like gargoyles. It's, that's a really good idea. Thank you. That's really good. I, they could be gruesome. <laughs> Brian, yes. I think it actually go. should go that way just because they've already, they tried the hot thing and apparently mm-hmm. that didn't work out, which is mind blowing to me. Cause I like, yeah. I grew up in Oklahoma, which is basically the town from Footloose. So I didn't see a lot of pornography <laughs> until I was in college. And like we, all we had was Victoria's Secret and, uh, and like they're getting rid of that. OK, go the other direction. Kind of feel like yep. it did work out, but somebody just decided on their own that it didn't. 
that tracks to me. I I, I would mm-hmm. possibly agree with that. And by the way, I'm old enough uh, that um, I remember when the Sears catalog came, like that was my way to be like looking at ladies in their underwear. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, turn to page, you know, 68 through 72. Mm-hmm. It's like, look at that mm-hmm. support bra. <laughs> what, what are the ethics on buying old Playboys? Because apparently it's cheaper to buy older Playboys than newer Playboys. And I thought about like, like, I don't know, that'd be kind of cool to have a stack of Playboys on my coffee table. But then I was like, ah, I don't know, getting an erection to dead women just seems, I don't know, it seems weird. I don't know. Can I give you a strange Playboy story? Someone say it's the only way to go. Do we have a moment for a strange Playboy story? Yeah, we um, so, we better be quick. Yeah. So many years ago, I'm shooting a, I was shooting a commercial in Atlanta in an old hospital. And then in a room, there was a box that said Playboy on it. And it was an abandoned hospital. And I opened up the box and it was a stack of Playboys in Braille. They were, bra- <laughs> they were literally brown paper. It was just, a, it was a very thick Braille Playboy. It was no pictures, just brown paper and the, and the Braille dots. That's all it was with the Playboy logo on the front. And it was Playboy Braille edition. And there were multiple parts because it's, you know, a lot of articles. And so I, I had took one since it was an abandoned hospital. And I, I, I thought it was really funny. It was just so crazy. And I tried to sell it on uh, eBay one time. I wrote a funny ad about it. And eBay pulled the ad because you're not allowed to sell Playboy online. And it was just like, but you, there were no pictures. It's literally just brown craft paper with dots. I really want to know the contents of this because probably it was articles, but I would love it if it was just like D cup, five yep. foot eight. Like it's just yeah. a series of descriptions. And the yep. guy's like, yeah, That's, that I was like the gist this. of, that was the gist of the ad. It's like, of the ad. I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's maybe something like she's standing in a bath with, with uh, uh, soap suds covering her nipples. Um, okay. Uh, uh, good story. You, you, you'll only lose one point for uh, diverting us. Damn it. Um, so now the, yeah, I'm sorry. That's just the way it goes. Oh my God. Um, so Brian, uh, Victoria Secret, what, what, what's their new, um, their new mascot and what's a Victoria's Secret runway show look like in, in the modern age? Uh, the new mascot is, uh, she's called, or it's called Androgyna. <laughs> and it is, they're, they're kind of like redefined. It's, it's supposed to be like an old Roman, uh, deity. Uh, it's the, it's the mm. god or goddess or god it of of anything and nothing, and it's got a, a quantum crotch that is all things and no things simultaneously. Uh, so so like it could be a penis, it could be a screwdriver, yeah, it could be a vagina. We don't know. Yeah, depending okay. at, at the angle you look at it, it's it's a different thing, and you're just you're never quite sure. And mm-hmm. if you would like to address uh, to address androgyna, uh, he, she, it holds, it has a wheel of pronouns. And so we'll hold it before you and you spin the wheel and you will be assigned a, a pronoun with which to address androgyna. Now, androgyna mm-hmm. is and isn't beautiful. Uh, may or may not be plus size, depending, it, it, the, the weight balloons constantly. It's like a fluctuation. So it, go, okay. it, it goes from plus sized uh, to double zero and, back, and just goes back and forth, um, which is technically not healthy. But we don't, it's a, it's a God, so, or goddess or God it. So it doesn't really matter. But Androgyna is the new mascot. We'll wear all the clothes, sometimes the entire collection at once. So it's really just a big, <laughs> just, just covered in cloth and you can't, you know, it's hard to discern. You just kind of point at the leopard thing and say, I think I want that. Okay. And, and quantum crotch, you said. It's a, got a quantum crotch, which is and isn't a, a, a crotch. This, this sounds like about half of the plot of the movie Caligula that like that, like there's just a lot of that kind of stuff in there. As I recall, the part that Bob Guccione threw in, well, unbeknownst to all the actors or that's right. Yes. Where, where Bob Guccione just added weird <laughs> pornography, mutant sex scenes, like mutant sex right. scenes without informing any of the actors that they were to port. Yeah. That's a lot. That's right. Um, uh, three points for heating on that one. One for Brian. Yes. Um, now, Victoria's um, Secret Gremlins. Androgyna. Well, you know, yes. Yeah. The, the, the Gremlins and, and their, their hideous and they nature. They have bat wings. They have bat wings, Jack. <laughs> they, they, really? Oh my yeah. gosh. Someone just got a fourth point. Oh, come on. Androgyna's got Androgyna like has, bat wings that are like kind of old, like they found them in an attic. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a pigeon king. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's sexy. Man, androgyn has got little holes you can stick things in, like Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. You know what? Now that I'm okay, now that I want to elaborate on this, it's not just that, like, once they jump out from the dumpster, they only (laughs) take you to they take you to dive bars, like they go to Smoky Joe's 
and like, you know, the, the leaky pint and things. And like you go to one of those places with a Victoria's Secret gremlin where your options are like Budweiser and Budweiser with bits of light bulb in it. Those are like, that's it. And like, and they're just chain smoking and telling you about like how much they hate their stepchildren. That's what, that's what the Victoria's Secret gremlins do. Whew, boy, it sounds like they're going to have an expense budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's oh, the okay. got to pay for them smokes. <laughs> um, uh, we touched on this a little bit. The, the you know the tradition obviously was that men or or boys uh, like Heaton growing up in Oklahoma would get the Victoria's Secret uh, catalog when it was mailed in and then sort of keep it you know run up to their room hide it. Husbands would do this too. They would find it you know under your husband's bed or in his sock drawer. So so tell us you know with the the new Victoria's Secret, um, what will the new tradition be when a catalog arrives at someone's home? What what will be the response? Uh, in our home, we have what, what's called the kindling pile. And that is where I put stuff when, you know, for in the, when we have a fire. Uh-huh. And so it's just a growing stack uh, of local newspapers, uh, Victoria's Secret mm-hmm. catalogs, Land's End catalogs, Gap catalogs, Banana mm-hmm. Republic catalogs, pretty much any catalog uh, right. goes there into the pile. <laughs> I'm going to do my bathroom up. Like, like a dive bar where, where you take, oh. you take the, the, the pictures out and you, you paste them on the wall, but all of the pictures in a Victoria's Secret Gremlin catalog are just women making very hardcore eye contact at the camera with a slightly irritated expression. And they're holding random objects. You don't know why. So there's just like a woman with bat wings holding <laughs> a spatula and glaring at you. Like maybe you, I don't know what you did. So as you're sitting on the John, you're just staring at all these people holding random, like, like a sock. I don't know, an old, like a broken accordion. And they all seem slightly mad and they're staring at you. Like, oh, did I eat the frosting? Oh, did I eat her frosting? I might've eaten her frosting. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten that look before. I should buy one of these for my wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a damn fine idea. That's a damn fine idea. Last one on uh, last one on Victoria's secret. Um, uh, the Victoria's Secret Angels now, they're currently unemployed, obviously, mm. uh, you know, like, like so many other models who are once considered to be attractive because they're, you know, physically perfect. Please uh, play temp agent and give me some of the other jobs that the angels, the, the current angels who are now getting a, a kick to the curb. What are some other jobs they can do? Let me let me ask a question to this theoretical Victoria's Secret supermodel that's unemployed. Yep. Do you like murdering butlers on a train? Because boy, do I have a gig for you. I would love to staff my train with a bunch of hot unemployed women that just strut around and drink champagne with me while I, bam, take a blunderbuss out and <laughs> knock things off from the top. That's that's a really good, that's probably what is going to happen. So uh, extra points for accuracy. Brian, uh, you're a temp agent. What are you going to do with these models? Well, uh, Richard Branson is hiring. <laughs> stewardesses mm-hmm. for his his virgin uh, galactic yep. and you know at, at a at a multi-million dollar price tag you're gonna get really the top-notch people from saudi arabia and russia all you know any oligarchy or dictatorship where there's a lot of cash mm-hmm. yep. and so these women have an opportunity you know it doesn't pay that great but you get to go into space you get to float around in a bikini and you have the potential <laughs> of marrying a gentleman uh, from Riyadh, who has th- only three wives and needs that extra one to be in the palace, uh, taking care of him when he's home, which is not often. Oh, man. And, and, and if you're not a polygamist, I don't think it counts if they're in space. Like, I think I, I don't I'm going to have to reread Leviticus, but I think <laughs> marriage only applies when you're directly in the gravitational pull of Earth. It's kind of like a time zone, yep. except it's a gravitational zone. So, like, if you're it's one of the reasons astronauts want to go back up there is they can knock boots with a, without any ethical qualms. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watch a lot of Osteen and this is definitely well trod. You're 100 <laughs> percent right. <laughs> Um, okay, great. Well, you know, fantastic. Um, uh, uh, 12 points to each of you, uh, for, for that round, giving us a score of, um, uh, we'll call it uh 24 to, uh, uh, 11, uh, heating in the lead. Wow. That, yes! that seems dramatically yes! different Take than that, last. Brian. I feel like there, there's, there's been fuzzy <laughs> math. Nah, man. No, don't, don't, don't worry. No, about that it. sounds right to me. I've been keeping a back of the envelope math thing. 24 to 11. <laughs> that, that's, that's legit. That checks out. <laughs> All right. Well, see, th- thank you for, uh, thank you for double checking heat and uh, mm-hmm. extra point yep. for you. 25 to 11. Wow. Nice. Um, 
So I saw this story today. Um, there's a new run of comics featuring Captain America that have recently hit bookshelves that critics are saying is, quote, woke Captain America. Because in the first issue of Captain America, uh, in the first issue of this comic, uh, Captain America says that the American dream for some isn't real. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that Captain America <laughs> has really brought down his standards on, on his country and what wow. he represents. So I, I would love it for you guys to pitch me some uh, new issues of comics starring any of our beloved superheroes. Uh, and some of the woke changes we can expect to see in these comics. Pick, pick any of your favorite superheroes and 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 tell me what their their comic is going to be like uh, in the modern day. But not Captain America. No, uh, you know what? Heck with it. Yeah, tell tell us about episode two of Captain America if you'd like. Well, uh, Captain America, what he does is he can he fly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think he's just got his shield, and I think yeah, you know, I, I'm you not, sit on I the shield, and the shield flies butt. around when he sits on. So he basically he goes down to the border, unlike many of our politicians, and he says mm-hmm. he says you're making a huge mistake. Huge mistake. This is this place is filled with systemic racism. I don't know why you guys want to live here. And then he basically he go he does a tour. He flies around the planet saying, "Please stop trying to come to America. It's a horrible place. I we I don't understand why you'd want to live in such a wretched uh, place with the foundationally rotten, disgusting, racist country uh, that I'm from. Please stop trying to emigrate here so often. You sir, please sit down." And then he takes his little shield wow. and just throws the shield and, and knocks people over as they're trying to make their way to the United States for a better life. Man. So he, so Captain America tackles the immigration problem. He tackles the immigration problem literally by knocking people. These families are running <laughs> through the, through the desert and he just appears out of nowhere, knocks them all down with a throwing his uh, Frisbee uh, shield to their, at their legs. They all trip and then he just picks them up and he throws them back and he says, go back to Guatemala. It's better there. <laughs> that's uh yeah that's 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 five points that's a complete um that's a complete comic you just pitched well, well done 20 24 to 16 uh 20, i'm sorry 25 to 16 go ahead heaton give, give me a give me a, a woke uh superhero comic of your choice I, I got two of them can i give you two yeah of course you can You're okay great it's not so, fair you guys know comics <laughs> start with captain america you know how every four years Captain America bitches about how he's going to move to Canada if his preferred <laughs> presidential candidate loses the election and then he doesn't yeah. and he, he yeah. sticks around and he stays on, on talk shows anyway and just never does it, right? So what I'm thinking is uh, issue three, he really does. He really does move to Canada and he becomes Corporal Manitoba. And Corporal <laughs> Manitoba just discusses the wonderful healthcare system there and eats inordinate amounts of poutine and kills mooses. That's all he does. He just wanders around killing mooses and he shouts, Oh Canada. And he never quite understands that moose are not villains. Like he doesn't get that bit. He just has this cartoonish understanding of Canada. So he goes around slaughtering moose. (laughs) Just the wholesale slaughter. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Of, of an animal. Like, and, and he thinks that Justin Trudeau is kind of a Lex Luthor character because <laughs> Justin Trudeau keeps begging him to quit slaughtering moose. So he thinks that he's a bad guy and goes up there. And but also, by the way, Corporal Manitoba just assumes that he has an open carte blanche invitation to move, immigrate, and naturalize in Canada. Right. He's never bothered checking to see. He just assumes that because he's a very pretentious well-educated coastal individual that he could go to Canada without any issues whatsoever. So he moves there. He's technically an illegal immigrant, even though he's Corporal Manitoba, because he didn't actually get permission to go there. Right. He just assumed mm-hmm. that. Okay. So can I give him my other one? Yeah, please. There's a lot of political so, backstory, which I know kids love. So that's great. Go ahead. Yeah, they love too. that. So, okay. Well, you're going to love this one because it involves Cunnilingus. So did you know that Batman, this is true, by the way, I'm not making this up. Yep. They had to yes. like yank something with Batman recently where I don't know if it was a cartoon or a comic book, but he was going to go down on Catwoman and they decided not to do it because one of the one of the people was like, Batman wouldn't do that. He's just he wouldn't like it's too I don't know. It's it's too mutually. Uh, it, it, he, he only takes he doesn't give. Right. But so and this I'm is 100 percent true, by the way. Yeah, this really? is, this is, I'm not even making this up. They, yeah, they, that is they true, just, Brian. They, they decided Cunnilingus was out of character for Batman, right? So what I'm thinking is an entire series that's nothing but Cunnilingus. <laughs> it's just nothing but Batman solving problems where he like like swings into a building and you know they're like oh they've they've tied up the mayor and he's like hey you seem kind of <laughs> tense. I think maybe we could fix this. And then wow. the fourth one is just very confusing <laughs> because he's giving Cunnilingus to all the men. 
like the Joker and things like that. And they're just screaming, please stop. I don't have a vagina. And you can see that they're really in anguish and in pain, but he's still doing it. He's still doing it. And that's how he solves crime. So instead of like pow and bam, it's going to be what? Slurp. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a serious onomatopoeia. Just the sound of a boot dropping into some mud over and over again. Just <laughs> everyone would describe that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow um all right well the the show has reached a new high point yeah <laughs> i'd like to thank you for that um for those listeners who haven't uh tuned out <laughs> thank you for sticking with us you're listening to um literally let's say you're listening to the political orphanage <laughs> 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 holy cow Woo! that was uh saucy uh, obviously seven points for that um, and an extra bonus point for Brian for having to listen to it. So it's 3217 <laughs> is the updated score. <laughs> oh my God, that was insane. Um, oh boy. No, this uh, is great. I never get to joke about kind of like us on my show, but there I got to have like a good 45 second screed about it. This is wonderful. I feel like I'm, I'm getting to go on vacation. <laughs> oh God, I'm glad you're doing it here. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's one more thing I want you guys to do. Uh, humor me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hosting this thing. I'd love to know what you guys, knowing about what you know about me personally, hmm. give me a new comic starring me. What does that like a Jack Helmuth comic book look like? You know, again, just using all the personal um, details that you know about me to sort of make it accurate and exciting. Okay, I got one. All right, okay, great. so you, uh, Jack Helmuth is the newest member of the Justice League, mm-hmm. and cool. your superpower is the ability to see through wood. <laughs> and so every comic book, you're 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 going around going, oh man, are they in a forest? And they're like, no, they're they're in New York City. And you're like, oh okay, um, like in a building with a lot of mahogany. And they're like, no, it's just a it's just a cement building. You're right. like, what about that building? And they're like, well, that one's glass. We can see through that building too. And so it's mostly it's you're just tagging along, trying to figure out ways to to you know do or sometimes you like pulled up a stick and you're like guess how many sticks are here i know <laughs> so this this barely sounds like a, a superpower it almost sounds like a birth defect <laughs> <laughs> yeah more <laughs> or less but again you can see through wood oh okay all right uh brian i think is a real chance for you to catch up uh <laughs> give me the jack helmuth comic book okay, hold on okay all right it's called jack helmuth cunnilingus and you are <laughs> relentlessly applying cunnilingus to batman this great country just trying to solve problems and stop them and cause them by cunnilingus <laughs> Well, if you knew Jack Helmuth, you'd obviously know that's something Jack Helmuth would never do. Uh, Brian, <laughs> you know me better than this clown who yeah. thinks I would go and, and perform and give women pleasure. Uh, go ahead and, and, and correct him and uh, tell him tell him what the Jack Helmuth comic would be like. Uh, well, you are you are your code name or your superhero name is uh, you, well, you go by Jonathan Studley, <laughs> and you're a yep. very very cool. dap, dapper debonair type. You yeah, always, you always wear a tuxedo and uh, you, you have a top hat and a cane and you're very eloquent and very well-spoken. And whenever there's an incident of crime, something mm-hmm. frightening, scary, you, you have the power to fly and you, you land in front of the people and you have in one fell swoop, you can whip off your entire tuxedo <laughs> and reveal a, a tremendous micro penis. And, and what that, it, it never fails to divert the attention of whatever's going on. It could be a war between China and Russia or Taiwan and China or China and Japan or anywhere, any war that China wants to start. And you just show up and you, you whip off your tuxedo, your micro penis is exposed. Xi Jinping looks over and says, what are we, ta- what are we fighting about? I totally forgot. I don't know why I'm here. Is Tibet ours? I can look at that thing. What do I do? Let's go back to Beijing. Let's go back to Beijing. Yeah. He would say that right in his little thought bubble in the, in, yeah. in the, in the comic. Yep. But in Mandarin. Okay. <laughs> um, you know what? Um, you have 15 points for Brian on that one. That, that, that's, uh, I don't like anything I just heard, but there's nothing I would argue, n- nothing that a court uh, would say isn't true. So uh, that actually makes the score 32 to 32 right now, which Ooh, makes this whoa. last game incredibly important. Ooh, okay. tense, 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 tense. Incredibly important. Okay, here we go. Um, the last thing, 
The uh, president of Haiti was just assassinated, as as you guys know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Please tell me um, uh, what your campaign would look like as you were running for president of Haiti, what some of your campaign slogans would be, and what some of your promises would be to the Haitian people to uh, to win their votes. Go ahead, either one of you. If we were running for president of Haiti, you're, you're running for president of Haiti to to replace uh, our the the fallen um, uh, hero uh, president who was just murdered. Free pancakes. That's really good. Yeah, free pancakes, free pancakes, and then um, and then our so free pancakes in bold and then italics beneath that. We probably didn't kill the last guy because <laughs> maybe we did. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That's you're going to get a lot of votes there, including some from me, Brian. What, um, you know, uh, sell me, sell the Haitian people and pretend I'm Haitian because that happens a lot to me on the streets. I'll get mistaken for one. Well, uh, they speak French in Haiti. Mm, And so obviously I'd want my posters to be in French. Mm -hmm. And were I pressed at the spur of the moment. I should have thought of that. Please continue. uh, Were I pressed at the the spur of the moment to come come up with posters and I didn't have the uh, Google Translate available or a dictionary, I would just go with whatever I could remember in French that would be appealing to the masses. So uh, fromage pour vous, cheese for you, Mm. with an exclamation point. Okay. And just a picture picture of me with a wheel of brie. (laughs) And um, also le lait pour vous. Which means what? Milk for you. And just a picture of me holding glass. So it's basically about giving them free food that uh, whatever foods I can remember in French. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And uh, uh, Heaton, you said you wanted to change your answer. I'll, I'll consider oh, it. Can change Thank it. Huh? You. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? I, I wanted to just swing in there hard at the beginning. It's not that I, this is in addition to my free pancakes. We probably didn't kill your guy thing. Mm-hmm. Increase voodoo production by 80%. We'd have a really strong voodoo platform because I, the Caribbean, that's a thing, right? Yeah. And so sure. uh, we would talk about how uh, higher quality voodoo and more voodoo and, uh, and have voodoo quotas, lots of voodoo quotas. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, and what would the quota be? A hundred percent. A hundred percent voodoo. <laughs> can I change my answer? Of course you can't. Uh, Brian, you, you get one shot of this. It's improv. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, go ahead. You've got, you've got uh, uh, four, 14 seconds. Okay, they, share the, they share the island of Hispaniola with the uh, Dominican Republic, right? Absolutely. And they hate each other. They do. I know this because I was in Dominican Republic. They hate the Haitians. The Haitians hate them. Uh, so yeah. I would just do what everybody does and just be like, let's take Haiti for ourselves. And then just a picture of me holding a sword and pointing towards the Dominican Republic. <laughs> it gives pretty good. It's jobs for everyone. I mean, they're all related yeah. to warfare, but it's an employment scheme. Sure. And if we're uh, successful, have- we have a whole uh, island. That's, that's really good. And, and um, David Ortiz. You, you, you would, you would, he would become, um, Haitian yes. should your side win. That's right. It's a really good point. I, I love the two, uh, Red Sox baseball players you, you've ever heard of that you reference only on our show, Mookie Betts yep. and David Ortiz. Yes. Mookie Betts. Um, fantastic. Um, Heaton, uh, and any slogans? I know, uh, President Trump, uh, called Haiti a shithole country. Um, do you have any, uh, uh slogans, uh, for, uh, for what the new Haiti would look like under, uh, President Heaton? Oh, um, voodoo for all and a chicken in every garage. That's, that's really, that's going to be tough to beat Brian. Mm -hmm. That's me combining two old ones in America, right? (laughs) Put them together, streamlined them. That is tight. Oh my gosh. And that's really going to appeal to the people. Brian, yeah. this is your chance for the win. My national motto? Yeah. It's going to be, let, let's be honest, dot, dot, dot. Not so great. <laughs> <laughs> Look, once the people come to grips with that, yeah. they're going to not like hold the government to like pretty high standards. Yeah. I can't build up nationalism you know, when everybody kind of knows it's not so great. So you just, you, you own it, you own up to it. And then you start, you mobilize your industry to create machetes and guns. And then you go after the Dominican Republic and we'll have that island in a year and a half. That is a pretty strong platform invading the Dominican Republic. My, I think my campaign button is just, I might use this in America too, by the way. Uh, vote Heaton. I'll try my best. Oh, that's really nice. 
Yeah, I don't promise anything. Probably not going to make it work. But I'll like I'll wake up reasonably early. What's reasonably like early? That's really early. That's really early to yeah. me. You know, you know, you've you've obviously tried your best here, and you, you you've acquitted yourself quite well. I mean, you 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 were thrown right into the fire of this heat, and very impressive. Uh, the final score for our winner for today's show at by a score of forty to thirty nine. Um, Andrew James Heaton. Oh, really? Yes. God, congratulations. Yes, I did it. In your face, Brian. I'm being I finally a, beat you. I finally beat you. I'm being a good sport about this, Jack, because it's all about sportsmanship. It's really just about the game. It's not about letting some jackass come on your show and, and, and rub it in your face. It's all <laughs> I'm about- I'm going to hold this over your head for fucking ever, Brian. <laughs> like, if I'm going to call you on your birthday- <laughs> And I'm going to be like, Brian, how are you? And you're like, not that good. I just, I just got my annual physical back and I, I have a high blood pressure. And I'm like, oh, is it a point too high, Brian? Is it one point too high? Because that would be horrible, wouldn't it, oh Brian? God. And then I'll cackle and I'll throw down the microphone and or glass and I'll walk away. This is horrible. You know, it's funny. I, I had love a, this. I had a rule where I always bought the books of, of anybody I knew who wrote a book. <laughs> Every, every, you know, even, even just peripheral people, I vaguely knew them, but I knew they yep. wrote a book. I'd always buy the book. And now I feel like I'm changing my mind. <laughs> well, my response to that, Brian, is uh, Los Angeles is hideous. Poems about an ugly city is a book of poetry. And those things sell themselves. I don't know if you know the poetry market, but <laughs> they are like hotcakes. I don't even need to do anything. I just hit sell and people buy them. <laughs> But it's I, almost too easy. I was it's reading through easy, it, and yeah. it's actually there's some really funny lines in there. Like your thank you, your typical heat and funny. Yeah, yeah I, for it, anybody worried that it's just poetry, the poetry are just spoons I'm using to shovel jokes into your brain. Right. It's really a humor coffee table book. It is a very well, fun so book. It, uh, it it's very funny. Heat, I was wondering if, if maybe you could read us uh, a, a selection or two from your book to to give people a taste of what they can expect because it's it's obviously hilarious. Everyone should should buy it for themselves. I'm going to buy it in two or three years once it's like you know down to two bucks or whatever. But <laughs> it's a really but, good call. But <laughs> but I will buy it at some point. I promise you that because I'm like with Brian. If 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 it's a friend or uh, like something like that, I always want to buy it. I don't want the free copy. So, um, so can, uh, can you read us a little excerpt from your book, Los Angeles is hideous poems about an ugly city. I would love to, I'm not going to read the one about how the, uh, the cops are dicks for stopping people, uh, trying to run to ambulances. That's in the, the back of the book. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm going to, this is the first poem. This might be my favorite in it. This is the kickoff. Okay, great. The greater LA necroplex by me, Andrew Heaton. Okay. Pretty as a cinder block smeared with lipstick, O blight of traffic and concrete dumpsters, thy principal building material is bathroom tiling grout. Drenched in sunlight as compensation, like a chef at Applebee's, drowning freeze-dried sadness in cheese to hide the shame, the shame, all the beauty of a parking lot, and yet, <laughs> ironically, you will never find a parking space. Watch them toss palm trees at strip malls to gussy up the streets like injecting Botox into a quartz. Behold, the concrete slabs with squares gouged out where dreamers peek from cramped rooms to gaze at hobos masturbating into open sewers. Tis not a city, but a meat grinder that devours skinny hopefuls and burps out chunks of porn star. Warm but humid, the wet spot on the bed you just made with your crazy ex who's probably lying about birth control. <laughs> Los Angeles is a prison yard with sparklers, chugging champagne beneath an overpass, a public toilet with a boob job, Instagram filters on a dead harlot. Yeah. <laughs> that is Thank outstanding you. Yeah. poetry. Now, there's some really funny that, stuff in the book. There is. Yeah, yeah. that is Thank outstanding. You. Great job, Heaton. If they'd read stuff like this in high school, I'd be into poetry, but it was usually about like, birds yeah. or old dead Greek guys trying to get back to Atticus. Oh, well, dead Greek guys are out, dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope, I hope slagging Los Angeles is in. And again, if you don't like poetry, but you enjoy hating Los Angeles, yes. you'll very much like the book. Yes. I, and and, I I shall mean, own and this. certainly people know people who hate Los Angeles or who live there and are just sort of like mm -hmm. struggling to buy perfect gift for those people too. I would imagine. I think, I think the, I, this is the ideal gift. If you have anybody that listens to your show that has a niece or a nephew who's considering going out to Tinseltown to make it big when they graduate from college and you want a hilariously passive aggressive way to tell them they're doomed. Yeah. I think this book is the way to do it. And if you've got a friend that left, left Los Angeles, because a lot of us did in the last year, this would make them feel much better about their decision. 
Well, I mean, if you knew our show, Heaton, you'd know that we don't let uh, uh, aunts or uncles listen. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would take away a point. Damn it, you caught late. me. We have our limits. <laughs> okay, which one to use, Jack, and which one to use, Brian? <laughs> we're, we're just one person now. Okay, all right, Jack, Brian. Uh, Brian. Uh, Brian. So, any other? Uh, so, Brian, you you read through some of the the yeah. um the the poetry. Uh, anything sort of stand out to you as a favorite? Uh, let's see. Yes, there's a beach. You twat. There are beaches everywhere. <laughs> Drive an hour north or south, and there are still beaches, only with less traffic and cheaper rent. You could be a shoe salesman there too, or some other survival job, but keep more hard-earned cash. You won't, though, because you're a moron and think status can be gained through osmosis by living in the same zip code as famous people. <laughs> it's- oh, that's so good. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have told Andrew Heaton this before he, um, he had his, he was doing some episodes in the uh, Bay area, had his oh, yes. uh, laptop stolen from his car. And, yeah. um, the anger in his episode that followed that moment where he just dumped on that whole area is the funniest episode of a podcast I've ever listened to. It was so Thank funny. You. Yeah. Oh, it was so It good. was a, awesome. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was. I, I think. I think you you both said very kind things about that, uh, Brian. You're. I think the way you described it was barely contained rage. Yeah, that, it, that you you enjoyed it when you could tell I was trying really hard not to punch a window. Right. And was was struggling to get through. Yeah, I funneled a lot of that barely contained mm-hmm. rage into Los Angeles is hideous. Yeah, there yeah. was like like some of like I have I have one poem in there called "Only Cowards Fear Winter." which is just me talking about how like everybody's time is so, so pleasant all the time. And I'm like, how febrile are you that you can't handle frost? And then like two poems later, I have another poem entitled more about cowards in winter. Cause I just didn't get it out of my system. I was like, no, I have more thoughts on this. So there's a lot of like, like, like hating on Los Angeles. And where do you get it? Where do you get the book? Get it on Amazon. Or if you, for some reason, don't want to go to Amazon and, and search for Los Angeles hideous poems about an ugly city, you can go to LAisUgly.com and it'll take you there. LA is ugly.com. Well, that's, well, that's mm-hmm. great news. Uh, I can't wait to buy uh, my copy um, and, uh, and, and read to the kids uh, as they drift off to sleep. Great. <laughs> I think that that'll be good. Make sure that they're old enough to learn about Los Angeles first though. Uh, Cause it's, it's, there's, there's some choice words there. The thing about masturbating into dumpsters and you know, the, <laughs> Daddy, what's a dead harlot. <laughs> the Look. dead harlot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's PG 14. <laughs> well, look in, in my house, that's something you learn early. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got to explain the things that show up in the bathtub. Uh, Andrew Heaton, we really, really, really thank you for being here. Um, uh, you, you did a fantastic job. First ever special episode of Questionable Material. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for coming on and killing it. Thank yes, you. Thank you. It was delight. I always have fun hanging out with you guys, uh, like like your frequent guests on the Friday comedy show that I do on the political orphanage. And so it's always fun hanging out with you. And it was delightful to do it. And I also appreciate you uh, letting me pitch my book. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Jack, for joining us. Uh, yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Uh, Heaton, since it's my last show, I would, uh, would you care to sing me off? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, uh, did you ever know you were my hero? Cotalangus, everyone. You went down on the whole nation. Micro penis has begun. <laughs> Andrew's host of the podcasts, Alienating the Audience, a sci-fi podcast for pithy nerds, and The Political Orphanage, politics minus bile plus jokes. MightyHeaton.com. 